news for you guys is you don't have to listen to me anymore tonight. Don't cheer, okay? The good news is this. I get the opportunity to introduce somebody that you already know that helps out every week, but he's doing a mentorship program here at the church, seeing what it's like to work at a church on a daily basis, be here during the week, kind of what we don't do and what we do during the week. So Dylan Brown, come on up here, Dylan. I asked Dylan if he would be willing, since he's doing a mentorship program through the church here, I asked him if he'd be willing to carry a message on a Wednesday night, and he obviously said yes, he would. So... Am I dead? There we go. So I want to introduce Dylan Brown. I want you guys to pay attention to what he's got to say tonight because this is one of the greatest stories in Scripture that he's going to share with you guys. So if you would do me a huge... Oh, by the way, real quick. I want to tell you guys something. Thanks for praying for me. For those of you that prayed for me, thank you for doing that because everything went really well and everything's great. God took care of everything for us. So I appreciate all your prayers, okay? So thank you for doing that. Keep putting your hands together. Welcome Dylan because he's going to share with us. How's everyone doing tonight? Good? Okay. Well, in about an hour, we're going to figure out if this was a good idea or a bad idea if I'm up here. But Dan gave me the opportunity to share a message with you guys. Um, this message has really been good for me, and I hope it's beneficial to you. Um, so I just want to thank Dan for letting me do this. And to dive right into it, we are going to talk about a story tonight that's in the Old Testament and it stood out to me when I went into First and Second Samuel. And that story can be found in Second Samuel 9, 1 through 13. And the story is the story of David and Mephibosheth. Now, stay with me when I say Mephibosheth. It's kind of a, it's kind of a tongue twister. So a little bit of backstory before you guys read this scripture in your small group. David is now the king of Israel. He's taken over for King Saul, who died in battle with his son Jonathan back in 1 Samuel. And 2 Samuel starts off with David just about being king. And we see just in chapter 8, right before 2 Samuel 9, that David is winning a lot. He's having great victories. He's giving thanks to God. And he's very happy. So he goes back and he relives a promise that he makes with Jonathan. And you're going to find out who Jonathan is here Real quick, but I want you guys to go into your small groups and answer this question. Have you ever had a broken bone or an injury? After you answer that, I want you guys to read the story, and then we'll be right back. Good? Travis, you good over there? Okay, so it's, it's a long scripture, I know, but I hope in the next... 20 minutes that I can just break it down for you guys and just show you what it really means. Um, so now, the story, like it said, that Mephibosheth was lame in both feet. And there's a story behind how he became lame, and this is found in 2 Samuel 4.4. Saul's son Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth, who was crippled as a child. He was five years old when the report came from Jezreel that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle. When the child's nurse heard the news, she picked him up and fled. But as she hurried away, she dropped him, and he became crippled. So Mephibosheth was the son of Jonathan, who was the son of the former king Saul. Now, as it said, Mephibosheth was lame in both feet. So in verses 1 through 5, David seeks out Mephibosheth. So you might be wondering why David, in the first place, sought out Mephibosheth, and there's a reason behind this. David wants to find someone out there that he can show God's kindness to. Not just kindness, 
but God's kindness. And that someone ends up being Jonathan's son. And there's a reason that it's Mephibosheth. We see in 1 Samuel that David and Jonathan were best of friends. Um, in 1 Samuel, there was a period of time, a long period of time, where Saul was trying to kill David. And Jonathan helped David escape his father. So they became close friends. And at the end of 1 Samuel, in chapter 20, verses 14 through 16, David made a covenant with Jonathan. And this covenant read this, but show me unfailing kindness like the Lord's kindness as long as I live, so that I may not be killed and do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, may the Lord call David's enemy to account. So this covenant in a roundabout way is saying that David is not gonna kill Saul's descendants or Jonathan's. Back then it was really, it was a thing for the new king to seek out the old king's family to kill him. They were a threat to the throne and they didn't want, them ended up killing the new king and taking over the throne. So David should have sought out Mephibosheth to kill him. But we see later in this story that he seeks him out because he wants to show him God's kindness. And this covenant was um, honored when David spared Mephibosheth's life and showed God's kindness to him. So we see in the, if you pronounced it, it's Lodabar. We see in the story that Mephibosheth was living in Lodabar, which was a place that people went to escape other people. And in this case, Mephibosheth was escaping David. He was hiding from David, the new king, because he didn't want to be killed. But David seeks him out anyway, and he doesn't do that for his own agenda. He wants to honor the covenant he made with Jonathan, and he's keeping his promise. He's keeping his promise to Jonathan, and also, more importantly, he's keeping his promises to God. So in verses 6 through 8, we see that David talks to Mephibosheth. So Meth goes to David and bows down to him in honor. Now, this is kind of just a side note, but can you imagine you're Mephibosheth and you get called by David? So he goes, he comes to the king, bows down to him, and I'm just seeing Mephibosheth shaking. He's thinking he's going to die because that is what David should have done. He should have killed him, but David was a man after God's own heart. So he was probably thinking that he just signed his death certificate when he stepped into the presence of David. But that's not what the story says. But the first words David says to Mephibosheth is, don't be afraid. Now, that's, that's big. Don't be afraid because when I was reading this story, I thought this was something that Jesus said to me when I was first saved. I feel like he told me to not be afraid. We're in this together and that he's got me. And the thing is, is he has all of you guys. He wants you not to be afraid. And this is what David promises Matthew. So David goes on to reassure Mephibosheth that he is here so David can show Mephibosheth God's kindness. Now David sought out Mephibosheth, who deserved nothing at all. Like I said, that he should have died, but David was doing him a favor. He spared his life, and all he wanted to do is have him to eat at the king's table. So David's grace to Mephibosheth is, in my opinion, is a wonderful story of God's grace to us. Now, we're going to come back to that 
a little bit later into this, but I want you guys to get that, that David's grace to Mephibosheth is like what God's grace is to us. So Mephibosheth asked David, responding to him, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Now, that sounds a little weird. It kind of struck me as weird why Mephibosheth was asking, I mean, calling himself a dead dog. But back then, no one wanted a dog. Um, They weren't pets. They weren't like they are today. They're not in people's household. If you had a dog in your household, you were thought of weird. You were a weird person, and that's it. So Mephibosheth goes on, and he's wondering why David wants to take care of him because he's referring to himself as a dead dog, which no one wanted to take care of, and Meph is confused why this is happening. But David didn't care that Meph was lame. He saw him as one of his warriors. And now David warriors were something else. They were mighty men that did a lot for David and defeated a lot of people. And David saw Meph just like one of those. And so this is how God sees us. He doesn't care about our brokenness. He doesn't care about our sins. All he wants is for us to eat at his table like David wanted Mephibosheth to eat at his. So in verses 9 through 13, we see that David fulfills his promise. And he does this by showing Meph kindness. And he's fulfilling this promise to Jonathan. And now David, just like Meph, eats at, his, eats at the table always. Meph didn't, Mephibosheth, I might say Meph. Did I say Meph? I said Meph. Okay, Meph is Mephibosheth. Okay, um, <laughs> thanks, Dan. So he doesn't promise Mephibosheth that he's just going to eat at the table one time. He says that he's going to eat at his table always. And that's big because that's how God wants us. He always wants us in his presence. We know this because in verse 13, it says that Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem and that he always ate at the king's table. Not once, but always. This meant that Mephibosheth was adopted into David's family. He was seen as one of David's own family members, his warriors, and this was big because back in that day, you didn't, want to be, you didn't want to be seen with someone that you didn't want to be seen with. You didn't eat with someone you didn't want to be seen with, and it was a big deal, especially when you ate with the king. So Mephibosheth was adopted into the family, and he does this because he didn't care that Mephibosheth was lame. He just wanted him to eat at his table and that's something to me that, that God wants us to eat at his table is big to me. And I hope that kind of settles on your heart that, that God does want you. I've struggled with that a lot. But just like David wanted meth at his table, God wants us at his table also. So meth was at the king's table because of something Jonathan did. Now I want you to guys to hold on to that. The meth was at the table because of something his father did, Jonathan. So you might be wondering, I'm babbling on for a while now, how does this all relate to God? Um, I want this, this is the, if you guys don't get anything else from this tonight, I want you guys to get this, that we are Mephibosheth. Each and every one of us are Mephibosheth. Now, I don't know if you guys realize that, but when I was reading this story, I just thought to myself that that was me. And that's all of us. Some of us are living in Lodabar, a place where we go and escape God so we don't have to eat at his king table. 
We are like meth because we don't deserve anything God has given us. Meth didn't deserve anything David gave him, just as we don't deserve anything God gives us. But he gives us everything we need to live a godly life for him, as it says in 1 Peter 1.3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. In verse four, we see that Mephibosheth was living, a, was living in Lodabar, a place where he hid from David. So I wanted to rephrase this, that David sought out Mephibosheth. God seeks out us. Mephibosheth didn't deserve God, David's kindness, and we don't deserve God's kindness. Um, God gives us his grace, I feel like, because he wants a relationship with us. We see that through his promise to us, which is his son, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm talking a lot about grace, and just the basic definition of grace would be God's unmerited favor, something that we don't deserve, but he gives to us anyway. So we see you in verse 8, that again, the meth refers to himself as a dead dog. And that's what we are before we come to Christ. Meth had nothing until David invited him into his family. We had nothing, as though it might seem, we knew nothing and had nothing before we came to God. Our gift and what we had is pertained to God now. Um, Meph was able to be in David's family because of something Jonathan did. I said this earlier. I told you guys to hang on to that. I hope you did. That wasn't that long ago, but okay. Um, but we're in God's family because of something his son did. Jesus died on the cross for us just as David made a covenant with Jonathan so Mephibosheth could eat at David's table. So as it says in First. Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. Again, in Mark 10.45, it says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is what Jesus did for us. He came down into human form. He followed God's will perfectly and he himself bore our sins on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. And he came to serve for our, for our well-being for, so we could have a relationship with God so we can step into his presence. So God sent his son down here to serve and not to be served for us. Now see, David didn't care that Mephibosheth was lame. David didn't care or treat Mephibosheth as an outcast or like he was different or crippled. David just wanted to show someone God's kindness and the kindness God had showed him. So I wanna ask this question. Are we eating with the outcasts? Are we eating with the people that are different? Are we showing kindness to God like David showed to Mephibosheth? And as I put this message together myself, I was really, I spent a lot of time in prayer asking God what to do and he just kind of laid on my heart that some moments in my life where I wasn't doing that, where I wasn't showing people kindness. This was before Christ and even after Christ that I was 
treating people differently because I didn't see them as a child of God. And that kind of really struck me. And I just wanted to ask you guys that if you're going through something like that, if you're treating something, someone badly, they don't even have to be an outcast. But if you are, I want you to remember this story that David showed kindness to Mephibosheth. And that's that, that we can't treat people as outcasts because David didn't. And really, God didn't treat us. God didn't need us at all. He chose us. We were outcasts, and God sent his son down here to save us so we could eat at his table and no longer be outcasts. As it says in Galatians 3.8, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male or female, for you all, all one in Christ Jesus. See, when I was treating people differently, like they weren't in Christ Jesus, even if they weren't, one day they might come to know him, and it's just, we have a moral compass to treat people nicely. God treated us nicely, so we must replicate what he does and show people kindness. Just not kindness, but God's kindness. And in Romans 3.23, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The truth is, we're all sinners, every single one of us, and yet God still chose us. Now, I forgot to say this last, like way back in the sermon, but can you imagine how Mephibosheth must have felt when, so he comes into David's presence, he's eating at his table, and Mephibosheth is lame in both feet, so he can't walk, he can't use crutches, and he probably is sitting in this chair that was specially made for him. I don't know what it looked like, probably not a wheelchair like there is today, that is for sure, but he probably rolls in, comes through the door, sees just a huge table, gold, food, everything, whole bunch of people, David's most important people that he had in his life, and Mephibosheth rolls in. Now, I don't know about you, but I would be like a little nervous. I'd be a lot more nervous than I was tonight, and let me say, I was nervous, all right? But I'm glad you guys are somewhat nodding at me, like you know what I'm saying, so I appreciate that. But I just wanted to share that because we don't have to be like that when we step into God's presence. So just as Mephibosheth got to eat with the most prominent people of the time, we get to enter the kingdom of God. This is the same kingdom where God himself dwells, where we, we get to be in the same place as all of the disciples, all of the apostles, Paul, Peter, James, Andrew, some of the most God-fearing people out there. We get to be in the same place they are. And that's because of Jesus and what he did for us. So this story of David's grace to Mephibosheth is a wonderful picture of God's grace to us. By God's grace, we can't do anything. Now let me repeat that. I want you guys to get that. By God's grace, we can't do anything. I can't even stand up here without God's grace. I couldn't put this message together without God's grace. You couldn't walk through that door without God's grace. Do you want me to go on? You couldn't have said that without God's grace. Yeah. <laughs> so I want you guys to get that, that we are Mephibosheth, no matter where we're at, living in Lodabar or sitting at the king's table already. God wants us at his table. But there's gonna be a day, if you guys aren't saved yet, 
that God calls us, like David called Mephibosheth, out of Lodabar to come sit with him. And I hope you guys make the right decision and accept his invitation. So I want you to turn to your small groups. There's a couple questions that the leaders are going to ask you. And then I have a song that we're going to listen to. So I learned some things just sitting with those two groups. Um, but I'm going to play this song. I want you guys kind of just, uh, um, as the song plays, I want you guys to quiet your hearts, maybe. Um, let God talk to you for sure. Um, I know he needs to talk to me a lot. So this song is just getting my point across, kind of it sums up kind of what I said. And so, Corey, if you would play that video. Get an amen if you guys too. Yeah. That was a lot of different people at that table, wasn't it? Different people from different backgrounds. I didn't know if you saw the guy who had different colored skin, and yet he was still at the table. They were all different people coming from different places, but they were all at the table. You see in this video that everyone got an invite, and it was up to them to see if they wanted to accept it or decline it. Just like we get an invite to God's kingdom, it's up to us if we accept it. But everyone gets this invite, and we get this invite because of God's grace. Just as Meth got an invite to David's table, we get an invite to God's kingdom. So it's up to us if we accept it or decline it. So I hope you guys, if you haven't, haven't declined it yet, I hope you never do, and I hope that you guys will accept it for the rest of your lives because it can be taken away. We can get declined. Every day we choose to pick up that invite and go to God's table, and one day we can decline it. God doesn't want us to do that, but it's pretty easy to do. So let's close in prayer, and then you guys are out of here. My Father in heaven, Lord, thank you, God, for this night. Thank you for this opportunity that I just get to have, Lord, and I pray, God, that I just could teach people some things. I know that I was taught a bunch through doing this, God, and I just want to thank you for the kindness that you have showed us. I pray as we leave this room, God, that we can show your kindness to other people because you showed kindness to us. So thank you for letting us be part of your crew, for letting us be part of your kingdom, no matter where we are, God. It's so great to know that you're able to call us out a load of bar no matter who we are, what we've done, and just that we can eat at your table, Lord. So I thank you for this night. I pray for every kid here that they got something out of this message, God, and that you just search their hearts, that they listen to you, and that they go out this door just loving you, Lord, and knowing more about you when they walked in, God. So thank you for this night. I want to pray for the kids that couldn't make it, and I pray that you just touch their hearts and be with these kids, God, as they finish the rest of the week at school, that you be with all of us. So thank you for your son. Thank you for your grace. Just thank you for being you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.